0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to another kind of wealth podcast with me, Lottie Leaf. I'm the founder of the Jura Society, a platform and private client consultancy focused on crafting a deeper connection between wealth and wellness. We aim to inspire and educate women to take control of their financial future. I have the pleasure of being able to speak with some of the best in the business. And now I get to share this with you. So come on in and join us as we hear all about today's topic. Oh, hello, everybody. I'm just getting Nicole in to join us this afternoon. For next in conversation with. Hang on, I've got the camera the wrong way. Hang on. <laughs> okay. How are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. I'm... How are you?
0: Oh, I'm great. It's really warm, though, isn't it? Um, <laughs> so warm. Yeah, actually, I think
1: it's, it's sunny, but I think it's a bit cold actually. I'm
0: sat oh, here oh, in my no. jacket. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. Oh, thank you so much. And thank you to everybody who's joining in now. Um, I'll give everybody a couple of minutes. Sorry, I was a bit late. Couldn't get the uh, internet to work. You know how it is. Um, yeah. It's always the tech issues, isn't it? Always, always yeah um, but as people are coming in I'll just do a quick hello and welcome uh, so good afternoon thank you all for joining us as the first in our second series of in conversation with I'm Lottie if you don't know me founder of the Jura Society platform and private client consultancy focused on crafting a deeper connection between wealth and wellness so I'm delighted to be here with Nicole Farrow she is a divorce coach and blended family expert and today we're going to be discussing family finances through divorce we're going to sharing our experiences and insights hopefully you'll have some questions you can throw our way as well um and we're going to do a little bit of a role reversal so nicole's going to actually be picking my brain uh <laughs> which might take a bit of picking to do um but yeah um so there we go i don't know nicole if you want to give a little bit more of an intro on on what you do and how you help your clients before we get started uh
1: yeah can do um so yeah so i'm a uh divorce and family coach um so i specifically work with divorcing parents to really help them through the divorce process and then also to blend their family afterwards so uh, anyone who's, who's getting divorced knows if you've got kids then you know the relationship doesn't end there you still have to have a relationship with that person and it's not until the kids leave school it is the rest of your life so it's in everybody's best interest and especially that of your children to try and make that work in the best way possible and I realize that going through divorce it's it, you know it's really tricky I've been there myself Um and you know emotions are flying everywhere so I support people throughout that process and then afterwards as well so I also work with blended families so families who are coming together but have children from previous relationships or marriages um,
0: and trying to make that work and, and gel together as well yeah so i mean it, it's no easy mission that you've got but it's such a valuable service that you have because going through such an emotional sort of untangling um mm. between two families can be really difficult to know what's what and people just have very different ideas on parenting techniques as well as we've discussed before so what mm-hmm. one person wants the other person might want one, and compromise can be really tricky
1: yeah, and you know that that's true of relationships that stay together. You both have mm. differing perspectives and opinions because you've got your, you know, you're drawing on your own experience, your own childhood, your own expectations. So then, when you, yeah, throw in divorce and, and you know separating the the romantic part of your relationship but still trying to find common ground on your co-parenting relationship and then once you've figured that out introducing new people into that dynamic as well and that their influence yeah it, it can be a bit of a, a emotional melting pot so yeah so that's why um i do what i do i love what i do i i come from a blended family myself i've been divorced i, I know it inside out and back to front so it's it's an absolute pleasure to help families through it
0: Yeah yeah really 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 important and then again what we're talking about this afternoon is throwing finances into the mix which are emotionally loaded at the best of times but when you've got this additional layer of complexity you've got children and then their well-being to look after as well this is where it gets really really tricky.
1: It does yeah So, um, so it's hard I think at that Point in the divorce proceedings where you have to sort of financially sell your your finances with your with your partner ex-partner anyway and that's always a difficult conversation to be had and it's the thing you know it's the kids and the finances they're the things that really throw up a lot of a lot of issues throughout the the divorce process, and it's so emotive. Um, but there is kind of a, a start and an end point. At some point, you're going to have a settlement. It may take quite a time to get there, but eventually, you will get to a settlement. How much that costs you along the road will depend on whether, you know, how amicable or amenable you can be with your your ex partner. Um, but you will ultimately sever ties financially. But what you don't set the ties in is financially supporting your children and what that looks like going forward. So again, there is still a connection there that you have to try and manage together, um, in the sense of you know whether it's schooling or fees or holidays or pocket money, or where any of that is coming from, and there's decisions that have to yeah. be made. And as the children grow and go through different stages in their life, their needs change, and you know financially they you know the the requirements change as well. And then as we were discussing the other day, which I know we're going to touch on today as well, is then when you introduce new people into your family and then you're trying to potentially merge finances with a new partner who may also have their own dependents that they need to be financially responsible for and potentially going to go on and have your own with that new partner and then how you kind of manage all of that. So it's still, even though your settlement might be agreed and how you feel about that may vary I mean generally the courts will always make it that there is never a winner and a loser um Mm -hmm. you you know they don't do that so they will try and make it a fair settlement but um you know there is an ongoing responsibility that you both then have naturally by the fact that you have a family together and that can get more complicated the more blended it becomes um which is why i think it's um so important to get the right advice and support and why i wanted to talk to you and pick your brains as you said and do a bit of a role <laughs> reversal on how do you kind of go into that process of trying to deal with your finances getting ready for divorce but then through it and then afterwards as well so how do people get to that point where they can really kind of support themselves and and what do they need to know in order to be able to to navigate that successfully
0: yeah and I think that's exactly it It, it's the how it's the the what am I doing and how am I going to do it and I think that once people come out of such an emotionally loaded experience such as divorce it can be really tricky for them to see any positives at the end of the tunnel so when you're going and then again we're talking about different scenarios here so if you've got children and you're divorcing that's going to be quite a different setup because you're going to have to have a a parenting plan in place during that whole process as well so ideally what would happen as part of the settlement is that you would already have designated and agreed who is taking care of what now it's all well and good having that in principle but as we know as soon as you leave the courtroom or you've got your settlement your, your decree absolute has been issued things change. So it's getting people to stay on track and with those agreements as well. And what I think that it's really oh. makes so much... Importance for families to do is to really document and say who is contributing to what to when how much and how long for you know if you're say the mother and you're taking uh, you know the, the maintenance of the children you're looking after the children for a certain amount of time there will be that expectation that you will still have to share the cost of those children up until age mm-hmm. 18 or university and sometimes it can be really difficult to then get that money out of the other party if they've lost interest for instance which does happen and i'm sure you've seen that so it's almost getting that pot of money allocated right at the outset and having a, a written agreement in place for anybody who wants to actually access that capital or what some parents do if you've got schooling is actually negotiate with the schools and pay up front. And you can get a discount that way as well. And then you know at least that the children are provided for and you don't get into arguments later down the line when something else comes up, the agreement verges onto uh, different priorities. And suddenly that pot of money that you allocated has been used up by something else and the children are then, you know, suffering because the parents Mm -hmm. can't agree. And so I think having at the outset communication right from the start what are your expectations and document that is crucial but then also sort of putting barriers in place that that you can't then veer from what you've agreed just in case you know Mm -hmm. another partner for instance they then don't agree that you want to send the child to private school. You know, they might not like that. They might not agree that. They might have other expectations for what that pot of money might do. And I think that that's, again, where somebody like you, Nicole, comes in, where these conversations for third parties as part of the mm-hmm. parenting unit can influence what the, um, what the intention is as well. And I don't know mm-hmm. if you've seen that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And actually, you're right in the sense of the parenting plan is so key in setting out what that framework is around the communication. And it's and I think people assume that a parenting plan is just for the kind of management of of, of the children and raising the children. They forget the fact that you can actually include finances into that, and it's what you're signing up for and agreeing to. And of course, the parenting plan evolves and changes, as I said, as the children grow and their needs change. And you can't, you know, agree everything. But if you've got a really good foundation a really good framework and you've considered things like what's going to come down the line so if it Mm -hmm. is you know university or you know as you say private schools or what happens when we meet someone new what happens if one of us decides to have more children you know that it doesn't then kind of impact the children that you already have that you have this agreement and you do it at a time when you're not actually dealing with that scenario so you don't talk about how to introduce a new partner to your children or what that's going to look like when you start sharing finances with that new partner at the time when you're doing it you do it at a time when it's not actually on the table and you can come at it much more rationally and think about the scenario objectively because you're not in it feeling all the emotions and everything else that it's sort of churning up for you at that time and that's the the the, the best time to do the kind of parenting plan is when you're at the most calm state. And nine times out of 10, you'll find that fundamentally, the, the, the big things, or at least there are some similarities in the way that the two parents want to parent their children. And, and, you know, there are some common ground. And then there's obviously going to be some disparity and some, you know, compromise and things that you're going to have to agree, which you're able to do when you're not in that emotional state of, you know, we're, we're now having to face this, this situation mm. that is, you know, bringing up lots of things for us that we're trying to emotionally deal with. Because the other thing as well with divorce is you never get two people who are, very rarely, can't say never, but very rarely do you get two people who are at exactly the same stage at any one time. So nine times out of 10, there is someone who has chosen to leave the marriage and is further along, they're kind of emotionally dealing with the, the breakdown of the marriage and they're at a different stage to what the other person is so you've got to take that into account as well that you're not you know you're in fruit but you're not comparing apples and apples and approaching it in exactly the same way Um, and so by doing the parenting plan that allows for that and similarly after the divorce as well you know one partner might choose to one parent might choose to move on with someone quite quickly and someone else might take a a a bit longer you just don't know it's 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 very individual yeah and i think allows for
0: that as well is, is also like t- t- touching on like you know the different parents capabilities is one might go off and then start earning again and so mm-hmm. then you might have to take into consideration childcare costs or you know other bits that haven't you know, weren't well anticipated, or maybe their new partner has actually got a lot more, um, you know, assets or you know, uh, you know, income behind them, so they can then afford to to treat the ch- child more. And I think that this comes to a really nice point about being fair and being fair mm-hmm. to the children. And it, and then, as we touched on before, is having the blended family coming in from the other side, where maybe you're joining into another family and your expectations and your, um, you know, your way that you want the children to be treated is going to be very different to how that parent and that other parent is also thinking about what their priorities are because it's it's yeah as we said finances are so personal and they're so emotionally loaded and i think that's why you have to remove yourself from Mm -hmm. this this panic you know reacting state and have things lined up and again what you can do to sort of safeguard finances if you think that there's going to be a risk later down the line for somebody accessing capital that they don't want is you you put a trust together for the children you it up so then you can have you know maybe the godparents as trustees the children Mm -hmm. are the beneficiaries you have these structures in place so that a third party who's joining the marriage potentially can't then have a say on it because i think that can be a big risk for somebody who uh you know has intended for the money to go in a certain place but then they don't another thing you could do for children is actually start putting money aside into a pension for them you know you can Mm -hmm. put up (laughs) you know, just under £3,000 each year, you can contribute that into a child's pension. And that will then help them set up for longer term. Again, you could use a GISA, use their GISA allowances, and then create a separate school, um, school pot for them each year in a tax-efficient way that you can then draw the money out separately. You know, not even school fees, like holiday, just general maintenance of children. As you know, they're pretty expensive to run. Yeah. Um you know. <laughs> but you know and and it's having all of that outset and you know i had one client and what she's doing is they have a separate pot for the children which is just in a cash pot but both parents have to agree in writing and give notice if there's any significant withdrawals that they want to make for the children so say it's for um uh, holidays or they need some more sports kit or something like that they have to let the the other parent know and sign off on it so that they're not mm. also duplicating so that's another thing that can happen mm. is you're buying the cricket kit and she's buying the cricket kit and that now they've got three cricket kits and you know and it's that crossover of knowing yeah. who's buying what and where it's going to be which house is it going to be at and, and there's a lot of administrative um, mm. chaos that needs organizing
1: there is yeah and actually what you touched on a minute ago about the fairness um, is also when you are then having if you're looking to have more children or potentially, Mm -hmm. you know, the stepchildren is the fairness that is not just perceived by your ex partner or your new partner, which can in itself cause, you know, can cause issues, but it's also amongst the children themselves. So Mm -hmm. there does need to be an element of agreement, you know, in the sense of how you're going to treat the children. And that includes financially as well. And, And to make sure that that is fair across the board as much as possible, because you know, they're not silly, they will pick up on it. And, you know, all of these experiences that they have around money and the availability of money and how it's discussed around them will then start to shape their beliefs around money and how they will then fare in the future. Um, And, you know, as it's kind of a bit of a British thing, I think we don't like discussing money. It's very, you know, it's a bit of a taboo subject, you know, and, and we don't discuss it openly. And actually by doing that, it kind of creates this little bit of awkwardness and uncomfortableness that, you know, children then can pick up on. And actually, that's the same for anyone who's going into a new relationship with somebody is, you know, we all talk about everything but finances. Yeah. And then when you then start to, you know, get serious with someone, you've got to start to share finances. If you've then got responsibility elsewhere, you need to be really upfront about that and know where you stand in order to kind of ensure that you don't have any of that comparisons or, um, You know, that something that could have been resolved by discussing it up front doesn't then fester and become a much bigger issue because you just didn't discuss it. And I said, I know it's kind of almost a British thing. We don't like to talk about money, but actually we really need to, especially if, you know, you're going into a new relationship, you do have dependence that you are responsible for from a previous relationship and you're trying to blend your family ultimately so you need to have an element of transparency and fairness in order to to make that really work because as i said kids know and um they will feel it and whatever your relationship with money is and however you speak about money trust me they're sponging they're picking it up all the time and it's shaping how they're going to deal with it in the future and how they're going to handle money with their own partners and their own children and this stuff just in so it's really important to be aware and have those uncomfortable conversations and be aware of what you're saying around your kids as well
0: yeah and i think that that's also something that we should bring in at this point is is if you're not comfortable in having these conversations then find some way or someone who can help you to mediate and to help you guide you through the difficult conversations because mm-hmm. sometimes it's we don't know what questions to ask or we're scared of what the the responses might be and I think you know especially if you've gone through sort of hard negotiations or very finite you know settlements it's now quite open-ended and it's like what might we like this to look like what's best case what's worst case scenario Mm. and sitting down with somebody who's a professional who can help you to do a cash plan you know cash flow plan who can help you to set up some kind of parenting plan as well in terms of the finances around the children can help you to avoid this emotional response and put some practical guidance around it as well because you know it, it can be really difficult to ask for help and that's where working with a divorce coach there's websites there's apps there's a lot of tools out there and we can share them um later as well for, for resources for people to use to help to just break the ice as well for what their expectations should be and although you would have gone through and done um uh, you know your budgeting and everything like that during the divorce but as we said it's fluid when you've got a new partner coming in as well it's before you've signed that new marriage document or whatever or before they move in make those decisions then when when tensions are not high when you can actually clearly see what you would like it to look like and then you kind of just have this 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 uh you know happy medium of what good looks like and then you can identify when things veer veer off and i think as well Mm -hmm. going back to structuring um if you've got kids who are school using the um Mm. the school calendar to diarize dates can help you so i always say to clients you know imagine you're a ceo of your own business cfo of your own business the business of you you need to organize into quarterly um, segments so that you can then budget and account for any major outlays that you've got you know the beginning of the school terms what you're going to need you're going to need new kit you might you need to predict school holidays you know new pencil cases all of these kind of things as well if you then budget that in and have that all aligned at the beginning of the year these are what the big chunks are put those chunks of money into a separate account that both you and your co-parent can then access and you have that agreed, and that's all set aside, so you don't end up arguing and squabbling over who's going to pay to go to the you know the Christmas party or or whatever it is because that's mm. not fair on the children, and they don't want to become part of this you know this money mess um when they just want to enjoy their childhood a lot of the time. Yeah,
1: and it does, the thing with is, with finances, it does, in a, in a relationship that's together, it can cause, you know, a lot of tension. Certainly in a relationship that has broken down, that's and gone to co-parenting, it causes even more. I mean, certainly, you know, I'm, as in I'm a child of divorce, and that was the thing I always remember my parents arguing about growing up. I actually stopped arguing and started getting on like a house on fire when I left school and there was no more financial yeah. um, kind of obligation from either of them. They got on like a house on fire. But up until that point, it was still a, you know, a source of contention. And it was whose turn was it to buy my school shoes or, you know, um, pay for the for the next school trip or whatever it was. And actually, as you say, having that all planned out and having a pot you can draw down from an agreement and place and said, this is where, you know, having a parenting plan that, that, that includes the financial side of things as well is really key. And I think sometimes people are so put off by how long it's taken them to get to that financial settlement within their divorce. And they're so emotionally drained. The idea of having yet another conversation about finances that has, doesn't have an end date. Mm-hmm. Um, oh it does but you know it's a long way off because the kids are still very small um that can just feel like too much emotionally to deal with at that time but that's where you know you're quite right Lottie it's, it, that's the time when you really need to get some support and some help to kind of break it down and just have these conversations at the time when you are less emotional and defensive and can make really good decisions that are going to affect you but also your children and also to come on to the point that you were just making about find your financial situation changing. I think we always make the assumption that, you know, if um if mum is the primary carer, for example, and she's not working, you know, it's X. And if dad is, it's Y. But mm-hmm. finances change, as you say with meeting a new person, or it might be that, you know, one changes um her career or decides to go back to work. You know, it is fluid, it isn't set in stone, and you know, all of these plans need to be have an have an element of flex in them but i think it's about having the framework in place and that's both in the sense of the the plans that you put in place but also that building that communication between one another that enables you to then deal with the next Thing as your lives change and evolve and you grow and your children grow and your, your needs change as a family um, and whether that is as I said, returning to work or the children getting older or introducing a new partner whatever it is that's going to come up you can have those, a bit of a you know look forward to what they might be where you might trip up but then also enable and a bit of flex but have the communication in place that when those things do come up that you know how to handle them together that mm. really stands you in good stead yeah ways. and i
0: think that that's quite so i was reading something earlier actually i'm always reading random things but um but, but but having that idea of the children growing up and then you're gifting them money and i think that's a really interesting conversation for adult children going through a divorce as well mm-hmm. and whether or not you know you you give them a deposit for a property or you know you start um you know giving them an early inheritance for instance and and do you do that fairly between them if it's your stepchild or if it's not and and those again mm-hmm. become quite complex and 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 again then if that child divorces who who does that go to so you know it's keeping that paper trail is crucial the paper trail and intention, you know lawyers love that that that's what you need to have a solid case um because you know otherwise it can really get very murky and you can end up getting some really bitter disputes and racking up a load of legal costs that can sometimes outweigh what the initial gift was and what the initial intention was so yeah, yeah i think that bearing in mind that you know children are not always minors uh, you get big children as well
1: it's <laughs> true that's very true and also it's interesting what you said about you know stepchildren and and what you kind of gift them etc and that comes back to that point of fairness at the end of the day if you're you know you are a family and you're looking to grow your family and if you've met someone new and they have children and you're looking to be part of their lives you know there is an element of having some kind of rational fairness and being open about your your relationships and transparency so that people do feel included and do feel part of the family if that's the way you're going and mm-hmm. it's about trying to be really mindful of your actions and what you're doing so that you don't end up alienating your any of your children because when you become blended the idea is is that they are you know you take on that responsibility as a you know as a parent to them as well it's not that you're replacing the other parent but you have a level of duty of care by the fact that you're you're growing your family and that needs to be taken into account of you know people's feelings around that um and and you know how that's perceived and felt within the family and the family dynamic because one um you know relationship with one has a massive ripple effect to everybody else because families are a culture in themselves. And, you know, culture is ultimately, you know, group behavior, group habit, and you want to have healthy habits and healthy relationships, because that's what enables your children, and I'm talking all children within a blended family, to go on and have healthy relationships themselves, and you're responsible for that. And I know that sounds probably terrifying, and I'm a parent myself, and I often <laughs> think, God, if we knew, like the impact that we have on our children, I don't think any of us would have them, to be honest, because it's such Uh, (laughs) a yeah, responsibility, but, you know, it's true, Mm. they learn from us, they learn from from what they grew up around. we are products of our own environment, so you owe it to, you know, to your children, and that's all children in a blended family, to, you know, to show up and do your part and to be as fair as possible, because you're shaping them
0: yeah yeah oh so many i mean nicole and i could talk for hours and hours and hours because i think (laughs) we have such a shared view and shared values with like how we think things should be and like how we wish the world worked um Mm -hmm. but yeah unfortunately we 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 can't fix it all yet um but i think it's probably worth wrapping up a little bit now because i'm conscious of time um so shall i just do our sort of our top five takeaways you know we did that yes yeah so so Nicole and I came up with what what are five things that we think that would really help anybody who's going through a situation where they need to have clarity on their finances with their family? So the number one is organisation, documentation of who pays what, when, how much. Have that in writing. Both agree on that. The second one communication how to talk about the finances effectively coming to an agreement you know it's not having one person shun it and go nod grunt and then walk away it's you need an agreement you need a compromise and you need both parties to eventually nod you know (laughs) they they need to be on the same page the third one is structurizing so that goes back to my point of diarising key dates looking ahead no nasty surprises have that emergency fund for your kids fourth one timing when are you going to discuss this try and do things sooner rather than later it's really difficult to unpick things when you're clouded with emotional turmoil and the fifth one outsource get support where needed you can't do everything on your own we're not islands we we're, we're, you know we are human beings we like to interact we need external help Look at what services are available, whether it's apps, solicitors, coaches like Nicole, financial specialists, websites and get in touch with either of us as well. If there's anything that you're feeling a bit stuck on and we can point you in the right direction. I don't know if there's anything you wanted to add. No, to like I, think you, I think you've got it. I think you, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that they are the key takeaways. Definitely. Oh, well, brilliant. Thank you so much. I've really, really enjoyed this. I think have got lots to go away and think about. Um, I'll do a little write-up thingy at the bottom and if anyone's got any questions please get in touch
1: thank you very much lovely to talk to you as always
0: see you thank you very much lovely afternoon Bye. bye thanks so much for listening we hope you enjoyed this episode just as much as we did if you can think of anybody else who would benefit from listening too please share it with them using the social media buttons on this page And don't forget to like and subscribe so you don't miss out on any new episodes too. For further resources, make sure you're following us on Instagram, at The Jura Society. And don't forget to sign up to our quarterly newsletter, The Wealth and Wellness Edit, where you'll be the first to gain access to our in-person talks, events, and much, much more. Until next time, see you later. Bye-bye.